Gerald Huggins joins the show as we recap the East-West Shrine Bowl and the three HBCU players who are part of the event. It's clear that Sundiata Anderson had the best week of practicing game, but what about Victor? What about Donqua? Oh, yeah, it's Locked On HBCU. Play my music. You are Locked On HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On HBCU Podcast, your number one daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU Athletics, Monday through Friday, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I, of course, am Darian Gray, a.k.a. the Mouth of the South, Texas Southern alum and former TSU Herald Sports editor and current contributing writer at USA Today's Saints Wire. Thank you for going on this journey with me, making Locked On HBCU your first listen of the day every day. And remember, just because the mic cuts off doesn't mean that the journey's over. Just means it's time to follow me on Twitter at South Exclusives. Starts with an S and ends with an S. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. And now, if you're new to FanDuel, all you have to do is go to FanDuel.com slash Locked On to make every moment more. But if you put down a $5 bet and win, you get an extra $200 back in bonus bets. It's all about one thing. The Shrine Bowl today, Sundiata Anderson, Anim Donkwa, Mikey Victor. I got Coach Gerald Huggins, who was there with me in Frisco, to break it down. So without further ado, let's get it. All right, Coach G, we was down there, Frisco, at the Shrine Bowl together, really watching these guys. So now I wanted to bring our conversations that we had on the field to the show right and yeah. i know one of the guys we were very excited about was sunday out of anderson defensive end out of grambling you gave him an a before we start discussing how we felt about him what made him get the uh what made him get a grade of an a he was arguably the most consistent player not just defensive player player uh throughout the shrine bowl week uh he came into it with a lot of question marks you know just mainly about how would he look against you know top competition or you know, higher competition because, you know, the LSU game didn't really go as planned. Um, so me and him talked about that before. You know, we we had our conversation and he was like, yo, coach, I got you. You good. I got you. I said, OK. Mm-hmm. And he he had me. You know, he went out there. He showed his, I mean, his violence. He showed his ability to shed. He showed his quick hands. He showed the ability to bend. And he also showed this ability to drop into coverage. They had him as Sam Backer, a 4-3 kind of look. And it looked good. I mean, he's he's going to build fluidity in his hips and stuff like that. He wasn't really asked to do that, you know, Grambling. This guy, people understand this guy was playing inside the tackle at some points at Grambling because they ran a 3-3-5 throughout his career. So this guy is definitely well-rounded, versatile, and built to be an NFL football player. Yeah, and I'll tell you this. One of the things that – my biggest takeaway, I'll say what my biggest takeaway was, is that he looked really good amongst a group of players who looked really good. I don't know, because you watched everybody. I was a little bit more specific, I mean, you know, specific and specified where I was looking at, but I looked at a lot of groups briefly. 
there was no group that caught my eye more than the West team's defensive ends. I got it right this time. You know, I was messing them up during the week. But uh, the West team's defensive ends looked really good. Yes. And Sundiata Anderson was not overshadowed in a bit. Matter of fact, I would say he stood out more than the other ones did. In NFL Network, um, on the broadcast, I know you were there. I was at home watching it. But mm-hmm. on the broadcast, NFL Network actually labeled Anderson the impact player coming into the game. That just spoke volumes of where he was being a small school guy to being the impact player against some guys who were there at UCLA, USC, and they all looked good. You know, it was like, it was like a group of beautiful women, right? (laughs) You got an average woman. She can look good amongst some lesser looking people, (laughs) but you got a, you got Kelly Rowland and Beyonce standing next to each other. You know what I'm saying? It looks really good. Yeah. It's always going to be Kelly over Beyonce. right I know you don't listen to J. Cole, but you know what I'm saying? Act like two legends can't coexist now. Hold on now. We, we ain't doing that today. I love me some Kelly, though. I love me some Kelly and some Beyonce. I, I can't pick between the two. I can. It's Kelly. I can't, I can't pick. I'll, I'll let you do that. I can't pick between the two. I can't. I ain't going to I can't. What? You, I can't pick between Kelly and Beyonce, man. Why? It's a tie. It's not a tie. This so is about Sunday out of answer. We are about to talk about Kelly. Because we can really go and talk about Kelly and Beyonce for, for a while, right? All right. But we're yeah, not doing it's, it's, I'm going to give you one line. Kelly. For sure. For sure. I, I, I'm with you. I love Kelly. I love Kelly. Um, but, <laughs> well, okay. Anyway, he stood out, right? And then I'll tell you one of the things that really got me is his ability to process information extremely quickly. I won't divulge what your conversation was, but you told me about a conversation you had with him. That conversation was after practice one. Practice two, he implemented everything. This is by you, right? You look at day one of trying to drop. It was it didn't look good. It didn't look good because he had never done it before. Dropping the coverage, that is, right? So it didn't look good. Days two and three, it looked a little better. You could still tell he had never done it before, but there was a noticeable improvement. And I'll use this last example. In, in the game, he was going against whoever the Michigan offensive tackle was. And I thought he was losing that battle at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then you saw as time went on, he began to clearly win the battle, almost as if he figured him out mid-game and knew exactly what to do. I thought his ability to process information that was put in front of him and either solve an issue or improve on whatever a technique was, was probably the most impressive thing that I have from Anderson this weekend or this week. Yeah, no, I definitely can agree to that. A really a good edge rusher is all about deception, and they set you up. So, yeah, you might have got me on this first one, but little do you know, I'm just setting you up for something three, four plays later, maybe even five plays later, something on down the line. That's why I always love to compare playing defensive line edge rusher to being a mixed martial artist. I'm setting you up. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm keep throwing this jab. You're going to keep putting – you're going to keep putting the head this way, and I'm going to come with a kick, right? As soon as you drop that head this way, I'm going to come with a kick. It's all about deception and setting somebody else. So that's how I look. When I look at Sonny out of play, he's just, he is so technical. You know, he's more technical than I might have given him credit for. I like his hand. So I, we had a conversation at the practice one day. You know, we just – I'm a, naturally, I'm a defensive line coach. So I'm just looking at somebody. Come here. Come here. You know what I'm saying? So – and I, we just, it's little things. Like he has like an 80 inch, 80 inch wings, like 33 or 34 inch arms. So, I mean, he has a, the length and he has the arm, he has the arm to be able to do whatever he wants. And I just like how violent he was. And I like how every time there's a tight end that line against him, the tight end looked overmatched. He, and, 
Yeah. Uh-huh. Let Go me ahead. say this real quick because we are focusing a lot on the pass rush. I thought he where he first caught my eye was day one inside run portion. He looked really good against the run on, on, on those days. And mind you, he came in at 240 pounds and was going against offensive linemen. That's yeah, not easy. It's because he didn't eat. He's really walking around 245. But he, even at 245, that's still yeah, not the biggest not, defensive he's gonna, throw, he's gonna throw all his weight around and he's just tenacious and he has a motor like eventually it's just you just get tired of blocking someone like that eventually <laughs> like when you just have someone that's just always moving trying to get away from you punching you scratching you clawing you you just like you know what all right all right man you know that's how it is trying to block sundiata you might get him at first eventually he's gonna wear you down he's like a, i guess it's like the equivalent of being a power back on the yeah. edge like he's gonna get you at some point and the thing about him, his sack numbers weren't high, but that's why people have to watch. He had a lot of hurries, a lot of quarterback hits. It's all combined, all right? He had a lot of pressures. He was, like, one of the top. Like, if you like, if some people don't like PFF, whatever. But it helps me with certain things where it comes to, like, yo, he was one of the toughest toughest people to block in the pass rush game because he, I think, was, like, top 10 in, uh, what, top 10 in the pressures. And he only had five and a half sacks, and he's top 10 in pressures? Yeah, that's that's yeah. big to me. So he just he had a very overall, really just a, a really great week. I gave him an A. I just I had a, I, it was just you know I don't believe anything is perfect, so that's why he didn't get an A plus. But he got an A. Uh, yeah, no, he looked great. He looked yeah. great. Shout out to Kelly Rowland. Um, <laughs> there you go, my man. That's what I'm talking about. See, you smart. I knew you were smart, brother. Ah, uh, that's what. <laughs> anyway. Let's move forward. Let's move forward. And we're going to stay in the trenches, but we're going to go to the other side on the offensive line portion and look at Aneen Donkwa because I think that Donkwa actually, actually represents an interesting question about all pre-draft bowls. And I'll ask you about that as we continue with Locked On HBCU. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Now, I don't know what you're doing for the big game. It's Sunday. The Super Bowl is Super Bowl Sunday. Everybody has their own little rituals. Everybody has their own little thing that they do. Me, I'm probably going to sit down with some good food, have me some good snacks. I don't think I'm going to be with nobody but my family. And I'm going to see what's going on in FanDuel. Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Isaiah Pacheco, Brock Purdy, Fred Warner, uh, Brandon Ayuk. There's so many stars who are involved in these games that I want to know what you think going to happen? George Kittle going to score a touchdown? Isaiah Pacheco going to score a touchdown? Brock Purdy going to score three touchdowns through the air? Let's see. What about Patrick Mahomes? Is he going to throw a touchdown to Travis Kelsey? Is Isaiah Pacheco going to be able to get through that, that strong San Francisco 49er defense? We saw them be susceptible to being ran on. There's so many things. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. Go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. And when you do, if you're new to FanDuel, You'll get $200 back in bonus bets if you put down $5 and win. So go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to make every moment more. As we continue rolling on today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I appreciate you for making this your first listen of the day every day. 
today. Also, don't forget when I'm done, when Coach G is done, make sure you're checking out Locked On Sports Today, the first of its kind, 24-7, all-day, everyday sports network on YouTube. Now, we've looked at Sundiata Anderson, absolute stud. He looked amazing this week in practice. Now let's look at the other side. And we saw this man block Anderson a couple of times. And I'm looking at Howard offensive tackle, Anim Donkwa. You gave him a, a C in the grading, right? So let's make sure I got that right. Yes, you gave Donkwa a C. What led to his grade and end up actually being the lowest of the three who are at the senior, at the Shrine Bowl, excuse me? Mm-hmm. Uh, biggest thing with uh, Aneem, uh, well, he, he got points, obviously, just from the, the measurables. I mean, I, I mean, rare size, 6'8 or 6'7 change. 300 he weighed in at 362 pounds he had an 86 inch wing 34 or 35 inch arm so he just he just when you see him you're just like oh yeah so you're going to get and that's why i'm trying to explain to people you you rock you go for a prototype or a rare prototype because you feel like you could work on that and that's what it is about a name a name is a high developmental prospect okay mm-hmm. i know people because he got the combine invite he's getting a lot of accolades people will like, well, that means he needs it. No, he's a high developmental prospect. Okay. Which means there's going to be a team that's going to come around day three and say, listen, we have a 6'8, 360 pound guy that we could get down to probably 345, maybe 340. He might around, run around 330. Work on his feet, you know, saying work on his foot quickness, work on his range, on his kick step, working on just his basic technique stuff and work on his finishing. And now we have us a, a bona fide starter. Yeah. For a, th- for a day three pick. I, so I'm sorry, my short offensive tackles at a 6-2 currently playing the FCS. You're not. That's There's a way things work. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, people are, gonna, people will, are willing to stand on the table for a guy that fits a certain prototype or measurable or has a rare size in comparison to the, the average of uh, what a prototype. So for a name, there were things that me and him talked about this technique wise that he still has to work on, but we, people that watch him knew this. So that's yeah. why, you know, I gave him a C. I mean, he, he, he competed. He didn't quit head and drop. We talked, he fought every day. Okay. He fought out there. He went back and forth. There's a couple guys, top of times he got beat Then he'll come back and get this guy. Then on a in the run fits, he would knock people off the ball. Sometimes it just he battled. Okay, everybody had their lumps throughout the week. Even Sonny had a couple lumps, but you know he just seemed to his highs were just way higher. Um, so like so Sonny has like a, a really high floor and mm-hmm. a really high ceiling. Anim is kind of like interesting floor, but the ceiling is extremely high. I can see that. I can see yeah, that's that. Why I, I, that's why I gave him a C. It's not a bad thing. It's just like I knew you had things to work on. I just wanted to see if you look like you belong, and he looked like he belonged. How I felt was I thought he looked better each day, but I didn't think he jumped out. That was the way that I would look at his three day one. Let's see, Saturday, Sunday. He was there Monday too. Yeah, so he he was there for three. And actually, before I even get into that, let's let's bring it back to the question I was referencing. Right before the break. There is a conversation among scouts. I've been around the senior bowl one time. I didn't go, but I was there and at the when the HBCU combine was in Mobile. I was there, right? Then I've been at the Shrine Bowl this year. 
I've heard the conversations that scouts have about practice versus the game. Mm-hmm. Donkwa played in the three or participated in the three padded practices mm-hmm. and then sat out the walkthrough and then mm-hmm. sat out the game. I didn't see him in the game. Make mm-hmm. sure I didn't miss him, right? No, he didn't. Um, no. Okay. What does this mean? Practice versus games, right? Does does not participating in the game hurt Donqua? Uh no, not in my opinion. Uh, I didn't think so either. No, it's not. Uh for the most part, he he played all he practiced all the padded practices. Um, that's where most of the scouts were there. Uh I don't on a selfish note, of course, I would love them to see him play in the game, but I also understand yeah. there's a business aspect to everything. Mm-hmm. And he has to prepare for the combine. Mm-hmm. So him and his team, they came together and they made him they made a decision. And I'm fine with that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I have no, I have not, I have no issue. There are people who didn't, <laughs> there are people who didn't play in the game, like the football and Instagram Like they're they're players, the top like I know in the senior bowl, like I know that the top a few top players, they had a good week. I mean a good week, good couple days, and it was like, well. I showed you what I can do, and now I got to get ready for the combine. So mm-hmm. I'm not mad at it, you know. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes the games may help a bit. I think the games may help other players. Like I know, like Josh Cephas from uh, UTSA, he was having a good week, and the you know the game kind of just helped him even more. Um, and Frank Gore, I mean, you know, I think I think the game helped him as well. The, so, the game definitely helped him. Yeah, this ain't, this ain't locked on everybody, but. No, Frank Gore Jr. looked really good in that in that first half. So I was kind of mad they didn't get him in the second half so he could hit 100 yards. But he 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 looked he looked good. He looked good in that first half. I understand. I understand. But yeah, it's just it look it's it's not. I don't I don't want people to overthink it. But people are gonna do whatever they want. So mm-hmm. I just say, listen. He practiced three full. He practiced padded days. He got in. He did what he's supposed to do. Now he has to prepare for the combine. He has. He's still trying to lose weight. He's still trying to do the other. So he he just needs to focus, and he's fine. And and I'll say this: people don't get to see the practice, so Where? he doesn't play in the game. They just don't get to see him. You know, like like yeah. if you don't play in the game, the only time they get to see you is one on ones. And then if you like one-on-one that's really all they get to see so you know a lot of people don't get to see the games so i don't get to see the practice so that's probably where a lot of that comes from i'll say one of my bigger things about him was i listened to steve smith speak about his conversations with players and some of their difficulties with balancing how they have been taught throughout their collegiate career mm-hmm. and then also how they've been taught over these past couple of days and you were there when i was talking to to Donqua. And I felt as if he may have also struggled with that, specifically when you look at his unique body type. Mm-hmm. He has to operate a certain kind of way. And a lot of people aren't used to that. So he's getting techniques that he's been like, I know that doesn't work for me, but then he tries to do it. And I think that that kind of hindered him at times during practice. I mean, I'm fine with you trying something new. You have to be able to be coachable. Um, yeah. You no, know, there's. There's certain situations and, you know, as a football player where your coach is teaching you something that is probably correct. It's probably the right way to do it. But sometimes, you know, I always like I I tell the kids, try my technique, do your best to do my technique. If it truly just does not feel comfortable, then we're going to find a way to fine tune what you're able, able to do. So 
I know certain players can't do certain moves. So let's mm-hmm. find what moves you could do. And now we're gonna now we're gonna attack those moves and make it better. There's certain techniques, like some we split in the double team. Some people do the drop knee technique, some people push pull on their on their key. Some people attack the guy that they know is coming more like so. There's other ways to go to explain it, yeah. but but it's just saying there's there's different techniques to everything. So like mm-hmm. who's saying the drop knee versus the natural split is what's the difference? So I mean, some people do a thing called cross screw. Is is of course not cross screw corkscrew. It's it's crazy. It's a crazy. It's a beautiful technique though. But <laughs> but as long as it works, that's what I care about. I just want something that works for a knee. So whatever that is that works, whatever they can combine to kind of find a skill set that works for a six eight three hundred and sixty pound offensive tackle, that's what needs to be done. So they will figure that out. Whatever team decides they're gonna utilize him as a high developmental pick yeah and that's what we just gonna have to be okay with that yeah and he's got great size he's one of the few times and you know in a long time that i actually felt short you know even though i'm, I'm not super tall we went through this this over, mm-hmm. over the week but like he, his his size is ridiculous and it's it's one of those things where six seven six eight his size will be attractive to somebody and you can yeah. guarantee that it's just about maximizing it. Now let's get into one of the guys that I would say, I would say we talk about Mikey Victor a little <laughs> bit less than Sunday out of Anderson over our time in Frisco. So now let's bring that conversation mm-hmm. with a twist, <laughs> that conversation with a twist on to locked on HBCU. Today's episode of Locked on HBCU is brought to you by eBay Motors. It don't matter what you're trying to do to your car. eBay Motors has the part for you. All you have to do is put fan or excuse me, is put your car into the My Garage section and they'll go ahead and fit whatever you need. So say you need an alternator, say you need a carbonator, say you need just some simple like a, an air filter. It'd be some easy as that they have everything on there maybe you want to do some led lights to be able to fix up your ride they have everything on there and it's guaranteed to fit go to ebaymotors.com it's guaranteed to fit that's only applying to u.s customers but if you don't or if the part doesn't fit you can return it get your money back and you'll get the part that fits for you but that's extremely rare that even comes down to that so go to ebaymotors.com be able to fix up your ride or die get to point get from point a to point b in style all you have to do is go to ebaymotors.com that's ebaymotors.com let's ride That's wrapping up today's episode of Locked On HBCU. I appreciate you for making this your first listen of the day every day, making it all the way to segment three. And I thank you two times for that. You kicking with me, Darian Gray, a.k.a. the Mouth of the South, and my guy, Coach G, Gerald Huggins. We have one more HBCU product to discuss who was at the East-West Shrine Bowl, and that was Alabama State defensive back Mikey Victor. You gave him a B plus. All right, so that's not that far from Sundiata. Mm-hmm. Not that far from Sundiata. How do we get to the B plus? Well, here we go. Measurables. There we go. 6'3, 212 pounds at corner. So that's the eye test check. There. Easy. Um, movement. He looked very smooth. He looked better than he did at the Hula Bowl. Um, okay. at the Hula Bowl, I feel like his legs looked a little heavy. 
Um, but then he looked a little more loose. Uh, he looked fluid. Uh, he's moving well, as I'll you know, continue to say. Um, there was some twitch there, too, that, you know, with those big guys, you know, they're not always the most twitchy. Um, but there's also a smoothness to him when he plays. Like, sometimes when he just jumps up in the air, he just looks like a fairy. He's just floating. Um, and it's like you see the wide receiver background. You see the basketball background. Ball skills are spectacular for someone that's a cornerback. Really good hands. Um, and he was so smart. Like he know, he knows his limitations. That's why I couldn't give him. A, I couldn't give him. Hey, cause you know it's just that end breaking. But that's stuff you could work on. But stuff end breaking will get him. You know, um, sometimes a little more twitchier receivers, like slot, little small slot kind of guys, could get him on end breaking routes. But mm-hmm. anything going deep or anything going out breaking, that's that's pretty much done. Mikey Victor pretty much eliminates most of your route tree. And that's why I was so high on them. Because even when it was a drill where they were just throwing from 20 on in, like if you run a fade ball on him, you have to be perfect, a perfect throw. Because he you have a wide receiver, X wide receiver, X basketball player is probably gonna jump out 39 inches. And he has great hands, and he's already 6'3 with an 80-inch wingspan at corner. So the ball you have to throw is has to be perfect. And I'm just watching t- multiple players choose to do these go routes on him. And he just, he waited, he was patient, he was patient, and he always leaned and turned his head. As soon as he saw the receiver show the hands, he was turning his head. Mm-hmm. And now he's trying to go for the ball. They didn't throw a lot to him in like a lot of team and seven on seven stuff. So it, for me, just really looking at him with the reps that he did have, just watching him and just see if he's in phase. And his eyes are so, I, I might have to change my report. Like I, I, I might, I, I put very good eyes. I mean, I, the kid might have outstanding pushing rare like his ability to just to feel in zone coverage is just i want it was one play during the game where uh they were in what were they in they were, had to be in cover three and there was the one receiver he broke on an out route but he knows that he had the outside linebacker with the curl flat mm-hmm. and he just sat but he also saw this skinny post from the backside. And he was able to track that skinny post and go right under. We went right under Josh Sievers. I'm just like, yo, like that's just the eyes are there. And he just saw it and he was able to break on it. And I saw him break against the run. Like he was showing mm-hmm. good runs. Like he was getting off. Receivers couldn't really block him. And then he has length. So you're not going to get on him. It's rare. And he's yeah. strong. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, he didn't show me. Any, there's nothing he did this week that I didn't already know. But I will say he looked. He looked way better, and when you watch him in person and watch him on film, this kid and he's—I'm looking eye to eye to a corner, so I'm already like, "Uh huh, yeah." <laughs> like there were scouts that came there just for Mikey. Yeah, you know, I mean, and I'm—you know—he's another one. Like I'll stay on the show, man. Like I, you—I could get choked up. You know what I mean? Because I wanted like to see Mikey and Sonny and Anim, like kids I've been watching for two plus years. Anim and Donko, Anim and um, Sonny a little more, but. Watched him for two years. Mm-hmm. And Mikey was a kid that, you know, I was, I was like, ah, his junior year was a little, you know, kind of like a, you know, like a newborn baby did. Like, he just saw this this really tall corner, but he didn't really know how to utilize his body. But then I'll give it to Coach James over this Alabama State. What then he can do, boy? He can coach him some. <laughs> he can coach him some uh, DBs now. Definitely some point. Like, he has 
four about to be four professional football players in the past two years. He already has Keenan Isaac on the buck. He has uh, Kale Jackson, and he has Chauncey Moore playing in the CFL. Uh, they just got signed, and it looks like Mikey going to be the next one. And, you know, he said Mikey was the best one he had. Um, yeah, and, yeah, and, and he has more coming. Like, he has another, and they're all tall, except for maybe Kale. But they're that's, all – That's the thing. That's the thing. They like them tall them tall corners. I, I – we've talked so much, man, but I, I think that – this is not a question. It was going to be a question, but I think that you detailed what you were able to see well yeah. enough to where I don't need to ask. But one of my struggles, and we talked about this before, I knew I was going to defer to you more when it mm -hmm. came to Victor. I just felt like I didn't see enough reps. That was my thing. And, and, and we've talked about it. You have a scout's eye, so you don't need as many reps as I do. But, man, it was so frustrating being there for him and he was the only hbcu player on his team right mm -hmm. like you had donkwa and anderson and so if anderson wasn't getting reps i could just went to watch donkwa wow. with with victor i had to watch victor not get reps it was frustrating to, to watch right but i'll say this his ability to track deep balls his ability to track routes 15 20 yards down the field it worked for him because it was what he was primarily asked to do and I, I'll just repeat something that I said last week. If I have limited reps and you allow me to do the thing that I do best, I'll be okay with that. Because if I only get five things or five reps and every single one or four out of the five or go balls, and I know nobody's getting me on that, and they tried him quite a bit on go balls for some reason, maybe they didn't read the scouting report, maybe that's just what it was, the, the, the design in one-on-ones. That was his specialty, and he went ahead and disrupted it. So, despite him not getting a lot of a lot of reps, somebody like you was able to was able to see that you had scouts out there who also view things like you and should be able to see things quick enough like you do, who will also be able to see that. I thought that you, I have nothing else to add when it comes to Victor on what you said. Great you eyes, it. zone responsibility. You have one thing you want to add? Yeah, one thing. Go ahead. He wasn't getting a lot of reps, but this is how I know he's going to be a good professional football player. He's right behind the guys. He's all – he's locked in mm -hmm. every second. They were doing certain drills. You just saw him behind them. They were in a little walkthroughs, doing their team scale periods, or just going through the defense. He's right – he lines up maybe 10, 15 yards behind the guy that's in front of him, and he's going through the same motions. Mm -hmm. That's okay. Pro. So, yeah, he didn't get a lot of reps. But you just look at the stuff he's doing. He didn't mope. He didn't grope. He didn't pout. He wasn't upset. Mm -hmm. And when he called his name, he's out there. Generate is already helmet already on before you get on the field. Ready. So he didn't get the reps, but he did in the same way. And people, people see that. things like that. That is a pro. Like the three kids we have there are pros. They interview like pros. They walk around like pros. They conduct themselves like pros. They're those are genuinely. Three of the best kids I've, well, football players that I've ever had a conversation with is like just with scouting. I had a really good group anyway. I had the the West linebackers and defensive line, so I I I was blessed with just a group of great kids. So the West was, linebackers, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh nah, listen, those those boys, boy, definitely my. Hey man, listen, it was good. I, listen, Darius from uh from uh, UCLA. UCLA. That first tackle when he just knocked oh that first one boy he laid the bone like he's a he's a 
he's the one I know it's not, you know, it's not HBC, but he's one of those that just really his stock went because he was just he played out his mind during the bring, whole week. Bring him to New Orleans. I'll say that. And I'll end this with a quote from you. It's one of your tweets, right? You said when HBCU players, and I don't I, honestly, I don't think this was coming from the best place, but this, but this is the tweet and it applies positively here. When HBCU players go, when HBCU athletes go to these all-star games, they're holding the weight of all HBCU football on their backs. They can't afford to look average when performing against power four and G5 talents. Those invites will slowly start to dwindle. Hashtag draft HBCU players. Like I said, I don't think it came from the best place positively because I think I know where it came from. We're not going to talk about it. But somebody asked you about the Shrine Bowl and you said how those three guys did it. So we'll end it with that. The three players who are at the East-West Shrine Bowl in Frisco, they achieved what all small school and HBCU players intend to achieve through these events. So in the meantime, between time, our Twitters are down there, right? You got you got me at South Exclusives. You got Gerald Huggins at Coach underscore Huggins Jr., Go ahead and follow us. Catch up. We'll be getting in the draft talk very, very soon. But in the meantime, in between time, if you're looking for me, you can find me on Twitter at South Exclusives. Take care. Stay blessed. Peace.